Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Uh, good morning. My name is Matt Foreman. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. Glad you're with us this morning. Uh, we have some time together. And man, uh, can we just give Tyler and uh, Ben just a round of applause for that? Way to go, guys. That was awesome. They said either one of, one of two things is going to happen. Either nobody's still going to listen to the announcements because they're going to be distracted by the craziness, or this will actually be the most thing that you've ever heard of those announcements in your life. So hopefully it was the latter. So hey, one quick thing before we jump into our teaching today uh, is I want to talk about the Honduras missions trip. Uh, many of you guys know that oh, July 23rd through 30th, we are going to be uh, sending a team over to Honduras. And I actually had a meeting this week and found out that there are still spots available for the trip. Okay. And so, but they need to make the decision within the next two weeks who's going to go. So uh, this is my plea to you. If you even thought about going, would you please just go? All right. Many of you know, right, the reality of this year is a leap year for us, right? It's an opportunity for us to take leaps in in the things that we're supposed to do uh, and God has on our agenda. And so if you even were at all interested, it might likely be that you're supposed to go. All right, and so really, uh, consider going. I am actually considering going, um, and my daughter is actually considered going, uh, which means we may rope her brother into going, uh, those kind of things. And so, like, really, like, even I am considering that. And so I would just ask you to, to really, truly consider that, because here's the truth of it. If we don't get a few more people, we may not be able to take the trip, and that's a big deal. So that even even more of a reason for you to go. If you have a twinge at all, you're probably supposed to go. Okay, um, I don't think that God doesn't want us to go on this trip. I think he really absolutely wants us to go. So with that, if you are interested, there are a couple of th- different things. Uh, Tom and uh, um, I can't, Linda, sorry, my brain just went crazy. Tom and Linda, will you guys stand real quick? So this is Tom and Linda. They're both uh, a, a part of that. So you guys can talk to one of those people. You can come talk to me. You can email the church office, call the church office. But here's what I would say. Strike when the iron's hot. If you're even even now going, ooh, maybe that's me, then go talk to them after church, okay, and and get on this trip, all right? So with that said, uh, we're going to jump into our teaching. If you want to grab a Bible, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 26. 1 Samuel 26, uh, if you're in a paper Bible, uh, 1 Samuel is actually near the beginning of the Bible. So if you go to the very beginning, kind of thumb backwards a little bit, you'll uh, run into 1 Samuel. Uh, there are paper Bibles spread throughout the auditorium as well, about every other seat or so. Or you can go to sermons.church on a browser on your device, uh, smart device, and search for Cornerstone Vineyard Church and the scriptures and the fill in the blanks. Everything will be there for you this morning. All right, and to get us started today, I want to start by playing a quick guessing game. You guys up for a guessing game this morning? Some of you guys are not awake, you need more coffee. <laughs> All right, who's up for a guessing game? Anybody up for a guessing game? Some of you guys like games, okay. All right, so here's what this guessing game is gonna start. It's gonna kind of jump us into our time this morning. Um, and uh, Deacon, I'll tell you when to bring those pictures up, okay? So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna uh, give you a description of someone, and I want you to guess who it is, okay? Pretty simple. I'm gonna give you a description. Tell me who it is. The first one is this, the fastest runner of all time. Hussein Bolt, that's right. This guy right here, uh, I, uh, I'm very close to actually matching his speed. I'm not so much. Okay, right. Fastest runner of all time, right? People are, are forever probably going to end up being in a place to kind of catch him, those kind of things. Uh, next one is this. Made the Tesla and is now an astronaut. Yeah, some of you got it. E- Elon Musk, right? Uh, that guy, uh, my wife said, I don't think 
taking people in space makes him an astronaut, um, but he's apparently he's an astronaut now. All right, next one. Uh, this might be for some of you young people in the room, might be a little bit harder, okay? Uh, consider the greatest female singer to ever live, and she sings very high super notes and died at the age of 48. Yeah, so good. I, see, you're a child of the 80s right here, baby. Come on, right? Whitney Houston, all right, and I, I. Okay, some of you are like, okay, nope, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, th- three more, three more. Considered the greatest golfer of all time. Tiger Woods, right? Yeah, absolutely. What? Nick, I know, and some of you would argue that one, all right? Uh, next one. She gave away cars on her show. Like, you get a car and you get a car. Oprah Winfrey. Man, that one was like loud. Y'all are getting it. All right, and then this last one, Mr. iPhone. Steve Jobs, that's right, this guy, yeah, he made the iPhone, which many of us have in our pocket. All right, now, how many of you got all six? Raise your hand. Okay, awesome. You guys get the prize, which is nothing. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) Well, I start with that this morning, uh, ultimately to ask this question about all those people is, the question is, why do we know these people? Like, why is it that, like, all I have to say is, like, a few, sent- a few words, maybe a strung-, strung together sentence, and all of a sudden, like, we know who this person is, we can name them. Why, why is that? Well, and I think you- it makes sense to you, because, right, each and every single one of these people are known for stuff, aren't they? Like, they're known for, for the things they did, or they do, or they create, or they created. They're known for, maybe if I can say it this way, big things, right? All those people are known for big things. It's what made them famous, what brought them into the spotlight. And I use that today as we start this morning because we are start, starting and launching today a new message series for the next six weeks. I'm super pumped about it, about a guy in the Bible who is also known for things he did, right? Uh, he's a pretty well-known character in the Bible. And because uh, essentially of what risks he took, uh, what leaps he took, Uh, Many of you know that our vision, I just mentioned just a few minutes ago, that our vision for 2022 is that it's a leap year. We're going to take some leaps forward uh, where emotionally and relationally and spiritually, financially, maritally, we're going to see what God has before us and we're going to leap into that thing and make some strides this year. And so it would make sense for a leap year, if we're in a leap year, for us to talk about a guy in the Bible who often did this, did, did this idea of leaping. Right? And of course, you got Jesus himself, and so we are going to talk about Jesus about all this stuff too. But it's, it's beyond Jesus, all right? So I want, you, I want you to guess. Who can guess who it is? David, yes, way to go. It is David, right? King David, the guy, maybe you've heard him uh, before uh, referenced as the, the man after God's own heart, right? Um, and so uh, that alone, by the way, if, if somebody would say that Matt is a guy after God's own heart, I think you probably want to do what I would do, right? Now I'm not, right? Uh, but I am, right? Like I'm not, I'm not David, right? But I try to be like David, right? So I think there's value in, in uh, kind of uh, going after his life, figuring out what we can learn from him. But that's reason enough. But I think what, uh, excuse you, bless you. All right. That was really loud. Distraction for me. Sorry, I'm way off my notes now. Um, but, but I think it's interesting as you look at the story of David and, and his life, as he was chasing God, uh, David was not afraid to do whatever necessary in the moment. He, he, was a, he was a guy who leapt well. And, and so I think there's significance to look into his life and what we can grab onto in ours. And if you just look at a, a quick rundown of David's life, it'll kind of give you a glimpse into this. And so just a quick snapshot of David's life, right? Uh, a couple things. Well, at nine years old, he was anointed as a king. At 15 years old, he takes on and defeats a giant. At 18 years old, he's leading battles for God. At about 22 or so, he's navigating spiritual persecution. In his 30s, he's the king of all God's people. 
And then his midlife, he displays the greatest example of worship ever in the Bible. I mean, David had this willing, like, it was just like, from, like, by the way, I wasn't doing much at nine years old. But David, on the other hand, was a guy that was just leaping forward for God. And so I think there's value. It, it is notable to take, uh, to take what's in David's life and go, how do I apply that to mine? And that's what we're going to do in this series. And so the title of our series is According to David, Life Lessons from a King. And what we're going to do each week in the series is we're going to take a, a look at a story in the scripture of David and, and, and this uh, a piece of, of his life, that uh, an area where he leapt forward, right? And uh, so essentially, it's going to be, according to David, how should we live our lives? Now, of course, we're going to talk about Jesus. We should live how Jesus lived. But I think there's some things in David that we could also apply to our lives. And so I think this is going to be a valuable six weeks uh, over the next uh, few, few weeks together. Um, and I think because I think it'll give us some... Uh, good movement forward in our leaps as a church this year, as well as uh, us individually as well. So with that said, uh, I want to jump into our topic today. And so how many of you know there's like a big game tonight or something, right? Uh, which actually, by the way, is anybody else really excited because Tom Brady's not in it? Yeah, come on, baby. This is going to be the most enjoyable Super Bowl I've had in about a decade. All right. So uh, so there's this big game. So I figured like, hey, since it's Super Bowl Sunday, it would make sense to talk about football. So we're going to talk a little bit about football today. And, uh, and this will lead us into our topic for the morning. So uh, some of you may know this because you know football. Now, I, as I went through this on Thursday, uh, Tyler Moon City a lot. How many of you know he knows not so much about football? All right. And so, so Tyler was like, I didn't understand. So I'm going to try to explain and we're going to watch a video. Uh, but have you ever noticed that when... Uh, when uh, the, the a team is kick, gets a kick uh, sent to them, right, and there's a player that receives the ball, and if they actually get out and, and break away and they go and run for a touchdown, there's actually usually one universal thing that happens to make that a possibility, right? If you're going to run all the way from the end all the way to the touchdown, there's usually one thing that happens. I don't know if you know what it is, right? Uh, but, but basically, and, and, you, and this will make sense, I think, when I say it, right? Oftentimes, when, when somebody catches the ball, if they immediately run, they tend to get tackled. But if they wait for just a second, for just a second, maybe two seconds, and they let the play kind of develop a little bit, oftentimes, they can actually just get out to the outside and shake and bake, baby, and they're going for touchdown, Right? That's a, that's a biblical term, shake and bake, right? All right. So, so, there's a, so as I was thinking about this week, as in football's on my mind, it's Super Bowl Sunday. If I can say it this way, there is a deliberate delay for them to have success. When they wait for just a second, then they can get out and, and, and uh, go to and get, get a touchdown. So with that, of course, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I found a clip of Chicago Bears that, that did this this year. So take a look at this, and you'll get what I mean. The end zone tonight on that trick play. Backs up, feels from the four. Can he find room? Down the left side he goes. Grant, Come on, baby. Go. Again down the sideline. Does he stay? Come on. All the way. He will. 97 yards for a touchdown. All right. Now, of course, how many of you also know that I picked a game against the Packers? Yes. And did you notice the score? The Bears were winning, right? So anyway, all right. Sorry, Ashley, if you're in the room. All right. Uh, all right. So you get the idea, right? What happened when, when, the, when the kick came, right? The guy stopped for just a second. He ran over here, let the play develop, and boom, he goes around. And he had a deliberate delay. And because of the delay, it's what made him be successful, why he got a touchdown. 
Okay? Now, I'm hoping that we see the Cincinnati Bengals do that a lot uh, today. I'd like to see the I know some of you are going, Matt, come on, uh, Matthew Stafford. But anyway, all right, I'm getting off my notes again. So I think you get the idea, okay? The idea is there is a deliberate delay. And I begin that, uh, with that today because uh, in this first installment of this According to David series, we're going to see David use the same principle as on the football field. He's going he's gonna to actually implement a deliberate delay, um, being careful essentially of what leaps he is actually taking, which I think is significant um, because it's going to showcase the, the, the value of uh, showing some discretion, discernment, wisdom in the process of when we're leaping. And by the way, I do not want us to leap into stupidity this year. Right? I, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. I don't want you to do that. So I think there's value in this. And, and there's a scripture, Proverbs 3, 21 says, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. So this is something that should be always before us anyway. We should, if we're going to take a year to leap, we should also, also make sure that we're doing uh, wise ones in the process. And so we'll see David doing just that. And because of it, because he implemented this deliberate delay, we're going to see that things actually uh, significantly and positively uh, were impacted, uh, which I think is significant as well. Now, that now all makes sense until we completely get into the text, but I think you'll, uh, you'll catch it as we get into the text today in 1 Samuel 26. Now, just a little bit of context before we look at the Scripture, okay, because we're going to look at a, a decent chunk of the Scripture today. Um, let me, I want to set the scene for you about what we're, what we're going to read, okay? Uh, before we jump into the story, today, there's a couple things that I think are just really important for you to get to catch because otherwise you'll kind of be behind, okay? Um, so the, the, you got to understand that during this time, um, uh, what's going on is King David and Saul are kind of at odds, okay, during this time. Right? And, and really, they're at odds because King Saul is actually really upset about, uh, uh, with David. He's actually jealous of David. David's actually done some really great things. Again, he, he fought a giant really like when he was a teenager. Okay? So ultimately, he, uh, King Saul is actually frustrated for what David is already known for. And so really, what, what King Saul is trying to do, King Saul is like, oh, forget that because I'm the king. I'm going to stay the king. And so he's basically going to go, I'm going to kill this dude. Like, he's too great, he's too wonderful, whatever. And, he's, so, and, and this feud, by the way, uh, some th uh, theologians actually say that this feud actually went on for more than eight years, which is a long time, all right? And so they're at odds with each other, right? And uh, there's this relentless pursuit from King Saul towards David, trying to kill him, all that kind of stuff. And so Saul gets word, uh, word of where David is, okay? And, and, or where he thinks he is, at least. And so he goes and he says, okay, I'm gonna take all my army and I'm gonna go camp where I think David is, right? And of course, David, because he's the man of God, right? God kind of reveals some things. He knows that Saul is here, okay? So he, uh, he decides that, uh, okay, if Saul is gonna be this close to me, then I'm gonna go see Saul, right? And so he goes and he gets a, a, a sneaky night attack. He's going to go visit the camp of Saul's camp with all his army at nighttime, see what he can see, all right? And, and when he arrives, he sees uh, Saul and, and the whole army are all asleep. They're the fast asleep, okay? And this is where we're going to pick it up in verse 6. Okay, it'll come up on the screen. You can follow along there too if you'd like. All right, so it says in verse 6, it said, David then asked uh, Ahimelech the Hittite and about, uh, about, I can't say that word, uh, Abishai, thank you, thank you. For Abishai, son of Zariah, Job's brother, who will go down into the camp with me to see Saul? I'll go with you, said Abishai. So David, said, uh, David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the other soldiers were laying around him. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. 
But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. Or his time will be, uh, come and he will die. Or he will go into the battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water jug that are near his head and let's go. Now I want to uh, sum up a couple of verses, okay? What happens is they, they grab the water jug, they grab the spear, and they leave the tent quietly, right? Everybody's still asleep, all right? And they go up on a hillside. Now that's, the hillside's uh, f- uh, far enough away that they're safe, but it's, it's not so far away that they can't still yell and be heard, okay? So they go up on this, this hill and, and David wakes up the army, right? He goes, hey, dudes, Who's watching the king? Not you guys. Look what I got. I got his spear. I got his water jug. You guys don't even deserve to live if you're not going to watch this guy. What's going on? Like he really confronts them, gets all up in their grill. Okay? That's a biblical term, by, by the way, too, right? He gets straight up in light, all those kind of things. Okay? Now, pick it up in verse 17. It says, Saul recognized at this point, again, everybody wakes up. So Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is that your voice, David, my son? David replied, Yes, it is, my lord, the king. And he added, why is my Lord pursuing his servant? What have I done? And what wrong am I guilty of? Skip to verse 21. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son. Because you considered my life precious today, I will not try to harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong. Here's the king's spear, David said. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. So I think there's some really important things in there today that we can learn from the life of David. So our title today is Deliberate Delay, How David Fought His Battles. And uh, I'll give you a couple things to write down and think about in just a minute, but let's pray together and then I'll give those to you. So God, we thank you for an opportunity to come together and to worship you and to uh, to feel your presence among us this morning. And God, we pray that, that that does not stop as we look deeper into this text today and what this might mean for us. God, I pray that you would teach us. God, if I stand up here and talk uh, and you don't show up and teach us something, I think it'll be a huge waste of time to be together. But if you do something, man, it'll be well worth it. Teach us something. Pray you make our hearts, our souls, our minds sticky and supernatural things would stick that we even more like Jesus as a result of our time together by the power of your spirit. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I have one point today. It has a couple different layers, though, and I've kind of already given this away a little bit, but you can write this down in your handout. According to David, there is value to, you can write this in, strategically avoiding certain leaps. You can fill it in. Strategically avoiding certain leaps. Now, I, I, uh, you probably saw this in the text that I was reading it, but verse 8 of our text is where this comes from. It says that Abishai said to David... Today, God has delivered you, your enemy, into your hands. Now, let me pin, put him to the, uh, pin him to the ground with a, one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. He was pretty confident that he was going to kill him, right? But it says in verse 9, it says, But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. And, and so I think it's significant that we see in this story that, that David had a chance to, to end this whole miserable feud once and for all. And by the way, do so pretty easily. He's gonna, he could have put this thing to bed. And yet, he doesn't. Like, this guy's been pursuing him for eight years, and why, why does he not do this? Why, why does he not go ahead and just say, okay, I'm done, and, 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 uh, and just take care of it all? And I think it's significant because, as what we'll see in the series, right, uh, this was a guy who, whose hesitation wasn't his forte so much for David. 
Right? I mean, he, he leapt at giants, a bear, a lion, he went into many battles. He was serious in worship. I mean, we're going to talk about that next week. And, and, and so, like, he, he was a, a guy that just was like, hey, this needs to be done. Let's go. And yet, he spares Paul's, or Saul's life. He spares Saul's life. I don't know. If you're like me, as I was studying this week, it's like, wait, what? Why? Why would he do that? That's significant. And by the way, it's not the only time that he spares Saul's life. Uh, it's uh, in chapter uh, 24 of 1 Samuel, two chapters earlier, we see, and this is kind of funny, uh, uh, we actually see uh, David and his men, they're actually hiding in a cave. And Saul comes in to actually go to the bathroom. It's funny. <laughs> Some of you don't think it's funny. I'm a, I'm a middle school child. I'm sorry, right? So he comes in to use the bathroom, and so David's hiding in this cave, right? And, uh, and really, at this point, right, this is two chapters, this is a little bit earlier, like David could have yet again killed Saul. But it says in verse 12, chapter 24, verse 6, it says, He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord, Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. Saul left the cave and went on his way. And this was even after he like just took a slice of his robe and all that kind of stuff. He felt so convicted of that, you know, whatever. And yet he spared his life two chapters earlier. And then again, you go, wait a second. Again, this is a guy who's just, le he's a leaper. Like this is what he does. He just goes after stuff. And it was eight years. And, and, and so I think there's a lesson from David is that, is that folks, he took a deliberate delay on purpose. He implemented this deliberate delay, uh, this leap avoidance, if you will. And so I think what, what thing that I want us to understand uh, about David as we start this series is that um, according to David, there's value in sometimes not leaping. There's value in not leaping. Now, I know this may seem weird in a series about a guy uh, who, who takes leaps, and in fact, uh, in this one, he didn't. But I wanted to start the series this way because I think it is important to talk about this part of who David is. Because if, if, if you don't understand this part of who David is um, in talking about leaps, um, I don't know if we would have actually... Uh, I think if David wouldn't have done this, I think we probably would know David more for what he didn't do. Uh, or what he did do than he didn't do, right? I think we would understand uh, more, uh, see David more as a guy of how messy his life was rather than the reality of somebody after God's own heart. This was a key element. This was the starter of it all. So I think it's important for us to figure that out. And, 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 I, and the reason I think so is because I see two identifiable, uh, identifiable motivators uh, in David that I think drives him to his decision-making process here. And I think there are two things that I think are foundational for you and I uh, to put into our lives as well as we consider the leaps that are in front of us this year in 2022. And the first one, that's the biggest one of the two, you can write this in on your handout. It's, uh, it's what I'm calling David's leap filters, okay? These are David's leap filters and why he didn't leap, okay? His first one, and this may not surprise you, is his integrity. You can write that in, his integrity. Um, and again, I think, that, folks, we have to understand this part of who David is before we get to some of the other parts, right? It says in verse, uh, verses 9, and then we're going to look at 23. Verse 9, it says, who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And so he's questioning, like, wait a second. Like, there is a higher being than just me. Wait, how, who can lay a hand on, on, on him and be guiltless? And then it says in verse 23, it says, the Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. I don't know if I have that one up there for you, but it says, the Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. And so David knew, David understood that there were certain leaps that could and would kill his integrity. 
There were gonna be some things that if he pressed into would, would ultimately uh, kill the, his ability to be honest, to be seen as honest, to be upright, to be seen as a good guy, to actually be a good guy. And so he took stock of that in this moment and in the other moment, the, the two chapters earlier. And, he, and, and so that's why he couldn't kill Saul. He made the decision that that, that leap wasn't worth his integrity. That leap of killing Saul was not worth his integrity, and so he didn't leap. He initiated this deliberate delay. And I think the lesson for us, folks, is that we have to understand, and I think we get this, but I think it's sometimes easy to, to sway from the reality of this, is that we have to understand and grasp that there are certain leaps that, that can and will kill our integrity in this life. And so I made a list of things. Maybe, maybe this might apply to some of you. Like it could be a job that we take. And maybe we shouldn't actually take that job, but you're thinking, mm, man, the money's really good. Or it's a relationship we start that's, that's moving towards marriage that from the start isn't unhealthy and you know it's not healthy and yet you press in anyways. Or it's an investment that we buy into. Yeah, you know, there are a few sketchy things, but you know, that's on the up and up. So like, uh, it's, it's probably okay. It could be uh, an affair. It could be embezzlement of money. Uh, I was actually thinking about that this week. I've got a, a, a guy that I went to Taylor University with that right now, folks, he's actually on the FBI most wanted list. He is actually in hiding, has been for months. Uh, he actually uh, was an investment guy. Uh, he actually, by the way, worked at my brother's church at some point. Um, and this guy embezzled millions of dollars from people. And he's now, he's like, for the rest of his life, he's either gonna be in hiding or he's gonna go to jail because of money. So it could be that, it could be embezzling money. It could be, quote unquote, innocently connecting with an old friend of the opposite sex on a private message on social media. It could be leaping in an emotional pain by simply numbing our pain by something like drinking a lot or, or, or taking some other substance. The, the truth is, and that's not even an exhaustive list, that's just a couple of things, folks. There's the reality that there are certain leaps that can and will kill our integrity. And again, I don't think that's a like a surprise to you, but I, but I don't know about you, but in my life, I can easily forget some of those things and just do life and make decisions sometimes. And, and I think sometimes we, we do that, we, we just do life because we actually think, and, and I don't think we want to admit this, but I think it's what we do. I think sometimes we, we think in the back of our head, oh, that'll never happen to me. Folks, I want to be real today and say that that can happen to you. That can happen to me. We can make decisions in this life that, that ultimately will, will destroy our integrity. And if we, don't think, if we don't think that it can, one, we ought to think that it can. And ultimately, we ought to be conscious of the things that we are not doing or that we not, should not be doing. And there's actually a scripture that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, no temptation has seized you, but what is common to man? Folks, if you don't know this, the, the reality is, is that, that there's nothing new under heaven. And the reality is, is that, that no temptation that has seized you, but what is common to man? There's common stuff out there. There's so much commonality. We are bent towards sin. We've been talking about the last, that the last few weeks. We are bent towards sin, and there is nothing in this world that you uh, ultimately potentially may not be tempted in. Like, there's stuff coming at you every day, coming at me. And, and, and there's no temptation that seizes you, but what is common to man? The truth is, is that, and you can actually write this in on your handout. We are all just one decision away from disaster. Folks, every single one of us is just one decision away from disaster. We are. Even if it doesn't seem possible, we are. I was actually thinking this week, you know, like how many people, you know, uh, 
you know, go into ministry. And then uh, recently there's been some people in the news, right? The reality of, of uh, the youth pastor that inappropriately touched the student. He didn't go into that thinking that, right? I mean, there's just one step away, right? Or, or, or uh, I mean, there's just so many things, right, that, that I think, folks, we're just one step away from disaster in our lives. And I think we need to understand that. We cannot get into the, to the comfortability of, of thinking that it can never happen to us, folks. It can happen to us. And so we need to be attentive to that. And yes, God is a redeemer. He can do great things. But man, I, I don't know about you, but I would love to avoid one more, more mess in my life. And I think you would too. And by the way, if you, if you think that, oh, we're studying David and whatever, how many of you know there's also the story of David in 2 Samuel 11, David and Bathsheba. You can write this on your hand. I didn't leave a space for you. By the way, David struggled with this too. Right, David, uh, if you don't know the story, David sleeps with a married woman, gets her pregnant, has her husband killed. It's all kinds of messy. It's all kinds of messy. Why? Because he put his integrity in that moment aside. The integrity that he had, right, in that moment of not killing Saul twice, right, he put that aside when he went in. He saw this woman bathing, uh, and, and he, he just he put his integrity aside. But what I love about God is that even with David, right, God uh, did this thing with David, like he messed up, he had a guy killed, right? Many people would end up in prison for those things, and yet God still says he's a man after my own heart. Folks, I think we need to stay alert to the leaps we should not take more regularly, focusing on our integrity. I was actually listening to a, a leadership podcast this week, and uh, it's actually the John Maxwell Leadership Podcast, and I love listening to that podcast with John Maxwell, but uh, I caught a, a, a quote this week that I thought really fit into our topic today, and the quote is this. It says, it's always easy to do what's right when we decide ahead of time what we stand for. It's always easy to do what's right when we decide ahead of time what we stand for, and, and, and what I want to say to you folks is that, um, is that we, we should make plans. We should put plans in place to keep us far from sin. We should not be in a position in our lives where we could go, hey, how close to, to sin can I get without sinning? We should actually make plans and, and have uh, protections in place that keep us the farthest away from sinful things. And so I don't know what that means for you, but I think that, that if, we, if we want to be uh, what we can be for the sake in this life and for ultimately for God, I think we need to make sure that we are... Um, we're having those plans and those, those things in place so that we can maintain our integrity. I think it's what David did in regards to this idea with King Saul. He wanted to do the will of God. It would have been against God's will for him to kill Saul. He, he didn't want to do that. Now, he did forget that, I think, with Bathsheba, but, but I think he, he kept that in place with this story we're looking at today. And so that's our first thing. David's leap filters was his integrity. Second one, I'm going to hit this pretty quickly today because we're running low on time was his trusting patience, was his trusting patience. Um, I get this from the text in verse 10. It says, as surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him or his time will come to an end or his time will come and he will, be, he will die or he, or he will go into the battle and perish. And, and so David had, and this what we see is that he had trusting patience, uh, trusting that God's plans would prevail and patience to let it play out, Right? As we get ready to close today, I just wanted to focus on that for just a second, the value of patiently waiting for things to play out. Just like, go back to the, the beginning, right, with the football stuff, right? Patiently letting things play out. I think there is value, folks, in our fast-paced culture that we live in uh, for us to slow things down. 
Be more willing to slow down. Now, I will tell you, some of you know that's hard for me because I'm, I'm a fast-paced guy. I'm a high-energy guy, and I make, I make a lot of decisions very fast most of the time. But if we're going to live according to David from these verses today, I think that we need to, to do what he did, just like he did. And again, just like the football returners, right? Slow down, be more patient. Slow down. A couple of scriptures. Proverbs 16, 32 says, Be a patient person, better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city. And then Proverbs 14, 29, Whoever is patient has great understanding. There is value in being a slower, patient person, letting things just play out. Um, it would be great if we wouldn't swiftly make decisions. Because even the reality, like even Rob Bravalli tell you too, there was a swift decision that was made. Sometimes we just got to let it play out. It's what David did, right? I mean, the reality is, is this, I mentioned that, that this, this feud between he and Saul went on for almost eight years. There was some serious patience in eight years. So with that, um, Doug, you can go ahead and come up. Um, Doug's going to get ready to play. Um, I think there's a question that we need to ask ourselves, folks. And I'm gonna, and like I said, I'm going to do this very quick today. Uh, where do I need to slow down to avoid a disastrous leap? Ask yourself that question. I think that's a good question. Uh, that we should ask ourselves, where do I need to slow down to avoid a disastrous leap? And I was thinking this week, oh, how much drama Matt would have avoided in his life if I would have just slowed down a little bit. I think, folks, we would avoid way more, uh, way more drama if we would just take it slow. Slow down, slow down, slow down. So those are David's leap filters, his integrity and his trusting patience. Uh, by the way, I think these are two, I mentioned this before, I think these are two foundational things that we see in the text today, but I think there are things that we should put into our lives and consider as we, there are leaps that are in front of us this year. There are leaps in front of us this year. Because here's what I want. I want you this year and, and want me, I want us to, when, when God says we should have a leap spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, that we actually have the muscles to pull it off. And it's going to take this, again, if we didn't understand this part of David, I don't think we could get to the other parts. Folks, if we're not going to get this right, we're probably not going to get to the other parts. We've got to have this to be a core at our insides and our mind and our heart and our soul, all of that. Marriages. Because the other way, if we don't have this, right, life could blow up on us. And you and I both don't want that for you. So our point today, according to David, there's value to sometimes avoiding certain leaps. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.